It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast, our second upload of the day. Aston Villa have signed another player, so here we are to talk about it. Uh, Diego Carlos joins Aston Villa from Sevilla. Uh, this will be a little whirlwind 10, 15 minute episode. I, I don't know what's going on. It's, one of, it's another one of uh, Aston Villa's specialities, pulling out a transfer out of nowhere, pretty much. I was pretty much on the way out the door here myself on the way to Tesco to get some stuff for my tea. Uh, and I get a few texts pop through saying Aston Villa signed somebody. Yeah, let's mobilise back into work mode. Uh, I'm joined by Ashley Priest. Ash, talk me through the last half an hour or so. Just Steven Gerrard's on a mad one. Just put it as that. Um, Basically, yeah. He really is. I spoke to him last week. He wants to get fans excited with the acquisitions he's bringing in. And Diego Carlos certainly does that, mate. Um, 29-year-old, been around the block. He's knows Douglas Ruiz quite well. He's a a fellow Olympic gold medal winner with Douglas last summer. But yeah, this this is a player with real calibre, real stature, really physical, really aggressive. A winner. Gerard wants winners, Dan. And um, Diego Carlos ticks a lot of boxes. £26 million, we're hearing, which is, on the face of it, decent value, similar to what Villa brought Tyro Mings in for. And a penny for Tyro Mings' thoughts here, because obviously Diago Mm. Carlos is a left-sided centre-back. He's right-footed, but he logs up on the left-hand side. And I think Gerard's sent a a bit of a shockwave through the Villa dressing room with the announcement of this one. Uh, Huge. To get done so quickly as well. We heard mm. the murmurings yesterday. The Villa were keen on it. 24 hours later, deal, deal done, near enough. So they're not messing around. Oh, it comes the third summer signing, as we know, after Philip Coutinho and Bubakar Kamara. Just them three calibre of players. Yeah. The best no, players next level, isn't it? Next yeah, level. It's, it's crazy. Villa finished 14th last season, Dan. 14th. Well, you, I mean, you say last season as if we were like the season was three months ago. Like The season finished four days ago and we've signed two you know, really high-profile players straight away. Um, Pupacar Kamara on Monday and then Diego Carlos on, on Thursday. Loads yeah. of comments flying through. People saying things like Villa are massive. Uh, Joe B says, should I book the European tickets yet? I'm going to hold off just for now, but I mean, it's promising, isn't it? Um, Pat Rowe has raved about him in a couple of articles, which I'll put in the comments in a second. And he, I think he'll be doing a Facebook Live tomorrow. He's watched a few of, of, uh, few of his games in the, you know, the full 90 minutes. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've watched him, that I know anything about him. People, again, like I said with the Kamara, people I trust who, who do know what they're talking about, think he's a good player, and I kind of think that's enough for me until I see him in a Villa shirt. I kind of want to branch this discussion off into a couple of different areas, how it affects Villa in, in a different way rather than kind of profile the player. Because as I've just said, seems decent, but I've not watched him play, so I don't feel I can talk with any kind of uh, honesty kind of thing. Let's talk about the timings and, and the rest of the centre-backs and, uh, and the people that are already there before we get into the other side of it. As Torremings, Ezri Concer, Diego Carlos, Courtney Hawes and Callum Chambers so far. Still lots to talk about. Tarkovsky on a three as well. So that's six centre-halves. Goes into two. I'm going to throw a rogue shout that we maybe play three at the back and maybe you do need more centre-backs, but that would surprise me. Um, so how do you assess the kind of centre-back situation first of all? 
um, when, I, when I read those uh, those five names, do you? Um, I just don't think I don't, I don't think Gerard's here to mess around and to play games and to be, be your, your friendly, friendly pally pally with with the Tyra and Mingsies and stuff. We've seen that about a couple of months ago now. We said the captaincy's up for um, up in the air for the summer. He wants to appoint his, his new captain, which is pretty damning if you if you Tyra Mings uh, already. Yeah. So the writing was on the wall in that sense. But like you say, Gerard has a lot of Mings. And but if you look at the defence for me, Dan, I think Gerard's been so annoyed with the mistakes that have crept in. The costly mistakes. He wants to rub them out from the off. And, but yeah, you look at it. I think Courtney Horse's future now. I think he'll head out. Um, and you'd say possibly Toro Mings, maybe. But last few last few games of the season, Dan Villa had two fit centre halves in Chambers and Mings. So Gerard wants m- more options in that part of the defence. Um, he wants to fight on three fronts next season, both cups and Premier League. So he wants options there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was five centre backs at the club. He's talking Diego Carlos, Toro Mings, Ezra Kanta, James Tarkovsky. That's a very possible possible one. And Callum Chambers to float around, maybe playing that six. Mm-hmm. You can push Kamara up there now and again. Uh, he wants, Gerard wants loads of options to, to work with. He wants that fierce competition within his squad as well. But like you say, it's, I think this, this sign has sent, has sent shockwaves around the dressing room for me. Kanta and Mings are thinking now, blimey, uh, we could be in trouble next season in terms of starting. So, like we say, we forget about this. Every concert injured at the moment, Dan. Three months out, yeah. if you like. So, it'll take a bit of time to get back up to full speed. But, um, but yeah, this is a, a real statement signing. I thought Bubakar Kamara was, but this one, given given the amount of interest and how highly rated he is over in, in Spain um, and, and how quickly did it as well, yeah. since... since a penny for the, the, the other Premier League clubs he's thought as well. They must sit up and recognise now what I've been doing here. I had a message from my Newcastle counterpart, the, the multimedia producer up at the Chronicle, Andrew Musgrove, who's done some podcasts, to be fair, when we've played Newcastle. He messaged me just after the announcement saying, can you stop nicking all our transfer targets, please? So Newcastle were also heavily linked with him and Kamara. Um, you just you know, name those five centre-backs, potentially Tarkovsky or Courtney Hall, I suppose, if it's going to be one or the other. Um Three of those five are going to have to sit on the bench for a vast majority of the season. If the if the two are playing well and don't get injured, you don't rotate centre backs just for fun. So I don't really see any of those being that happy to sit on the bench. Besides maybe Chambers and Tarkovsky, Mings going from captain this season is not going to want to sit on the bench for the vast majority of next season. So there is going to be these, these arguments over the next few weeks or months or however long Tyrone is still here. For all, for all we know, the way Villa operates, Tyrone is going to be gone tomorrow. The way things move, although that would be a massive shock. Um, but we kind of, you know, the caveat to that is yes, Ezra Constant might be the one that wants to stick around and fight for his place, better age profile, but also have his, you know, out for a decent injury. There's no kind of guarantee that he comes back fit and fighting, ready to go in three months. Or is it even to the, the level of the same player when he comes back either? Um, so maybe Dora Mings does stick around as as that kind of third choice. It's difficult, isn't it? It's going to be an interesting headache for for Gerald to solve because if he can keep those players happy to sit around on the bench, yeah, that's a that is a different matter. But from the outside looking in, you think Tara Mings going to, from captain to bench warmer isn't going to sit well with him. And as we can't see, although he didn't have a great season, the season just gone. Highly rated, wants to get in the England squad. He's also also not going to want to sit on the bench. Um, so it is, it is a juggling act. There's a drastic shift in, in, in transfer policy here. Previously, Villa got promoted. They signed decent players, would you say? Mm. Constable and Brentford. And that cycle's changing now. 
We're signing players who have played in the Champions League, Europa League, who have been around the block for clocks of hundreds of appearances uh, for their clubs and are big players at the clubs as well. Diego Carlos, part of the defence last season, our league, I think we conceded the fewest goals alongside his mate Koundé as well. So, but yeah, um, I can't be with, with concert, Dan. Gerard looked me in the eye. I mean, I mean, concert's form. I, I questioned, is there a chance of concert perhaps? He moved on. He said, no, Contra, as he has a big future here next season, he'll, he'll go into pre-season, he'll reset and be a big player for us. So I'm pretty confident that, that, that that'll be the case. I think I believe in Contra. He had a dipping form last season, as we know. But I think he'll, he'll get back fully fit and be um, be a contender again. But yeah, like you say, to be even uncertain time for Tyron Mings, Courtney Horse, like you've said. I mean, Charles, love, love the addition of Callum Chambers. I think that's been a very, a very good one. Um and yeah, this Diego Carlos one just just just, just raises the bar again. He really mm-hmm. does. I mean, he's built like a heavyweight boxer, Dan. I don't know if you've yeah, seen him. He's it. massive, isn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. I think I think he's only six foot six foot one, but he looks big, he looks bonkers. Yeah, he's, he's like Anthony Joshua size. And I think Villa missed that aggressiveness, that physicality to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Been a bit frail at times. We've seen the defence on Sunday. I know it was against Man City, but to concede three in six minutes, come on, you need to need big players to stand up and be a presence and just just be a bit bullish and be a bit nasty to the opposition. I think that Villa are nas- missing that nastiness um, to go out and just dig in for a 1-0. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Away from home. I think I think we need to do, start to do that. That physicality. I remember watching Christian Romero for Tottenham at Villa Park and he he, he was just shoving Villa players out the way, pushing, shoving. I want to see a bit of that from, from the Villa, Villa lot as well going into next season. Yeah. I think Diego Carlos is your man to do that. Leaders, winners, those obsessed with being keeping the ball at the net, I think he's your boy. So, yeah, on the face of it, £26 million pound look, looks looks a steal. I know he's 29, yeah. but he's coming in, he's, he'd, be, he'd be a first name on the team sheet. So, so yeah, you do wonder, don't you, um, what the situation unfolds for, for your Tyrone Mings. That's the big question. Question yeah. mark over him with this deal. Um, I think Villa still holding interest in Jan Tarkovsky. As we know, that could be a little shrewd one as well. But, yeah, yeah, um, Villa aren't messing around. I mean, to, to, to get de- deals done so swiftly. I mean, the transfer window isn't officially open yet. No, we've been days into the. I mean, the season finished on Sunday. Monday, Kamara announced. Thursday, Diego Carlos announced. Um, I mean, if the I'm season not- was still going on and you were playing weekend to weekend, so you could be saying, you know, in the space of a week's training and getting prepared for the next game, Villa yeah. on two elite potentially level players to come in and improve the first team and that's been the important thing for for this summer the same as last somebody put it in a youtube comment a couple of podcasts ago i, I don't know who it was off the top of my head but i think we were talking about you know trying to improve the squad as a whole and who do you replace and those kind of things and you've got to kind of have the continuity that you did in 2020 21 i think it would be that you sign like Watkins, Cash, and they come in to start in the first team, and the players they replace become your bench players. And you do the same this year. That <clears throat> excuse me, um, Kamara comes in to replace Louise, for example, and Louise drops down to the bench. And uh, oh, I said Douglas Louise then Diego Carlos, not similar at all, apart from being Brazilian. Diego Carlos comes in, and Ezra Conte becomes your bench man, and that's how you improve your squad. It's not selling Tara Mings replacing him and then you've got you know you're still left with Courtney Hawes as you back up you have got to have that that strength in depth and that's what Villa are clearly trying to do um I'm going to level a potentially hypothetical scenario at you here with Diego Carlos you know being linked to Newcastle potentially um Villa swooping in and getting the man instead Tara Mings to Newcastle 
for 25, 30 million. Villa make their money back on the centre half and improve things in one fell swoop. You could see that, but yeah, you could see that he works with Eddie Howe before, got a good relationship with Eddie Howe. Um, well, he sold him, didn't he? I think <laughs> sold him as well. But and then they've got Dan Byrne up there, big, big left, left, left footy centre back. I think I'm, I'm not sure on that one. Um, but like said, with, with him coming in, raises the bar. You, you can't, yeah. you can't afford to be a six out of ten one week now. You come out of the team because you've got players chomping at the bit to get in there. And I, did, I, did, I just think Gerard just. He's on a mission to really drastically improve the starting eleven. He, want, he wanted a bit a better, a better spine, didn't he? Yeah. Martinez, Jago, Carlos, Kamara. He's halfway there with that one. Yeah. Got a funny feeling about Luis Suarez. What about him? Will he experience again? I'm, I'm a funny feeling about that one where that comes off because Joe wants options all across the pitch. So yeah, signing number three. This one you can easily see six coming in. Another another three more. All day long, oh, yeah. and yeah. the way Villa are acting so quickly, that the, the, the beating the market as well, the beating the beating clubs to the punch, as it were. So, yeah, he's Basuma, another one at Brighton. Gerald wants a new number eight in there. Well, I think attention turns now to to shifting the finish players out as well. That's that's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of wages being paid now, especially with the the free transfers in Kamara and and potentially Tarkovsky. You know, people making a lot of the wages that are being offered to these free agents, but you can't yeah. expect players to earn more because there's no transfer fee um, and those kind of things. So a lot of wages being paid out now, and a lot of wages being paid out to players who have no future at Aston Villa. So we've got to find suitors for them and get them off the books to to kind of balance things out. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, roughly of how many more positions are needed. You, you mentioned Suarez, which I could definitely see as a Watkins, Ings, Suarez, Archer as year four into two up front. Yeah. Basuma, an option. Calvin Phillips probably less likely now with, with yeah. the Leeds not being relegated. Uh, but Basuma, Kamara, Douglas, uh, Diego Carlos. I keep wanting to say Douglas. I mean, it's been a long 24 hours. I will say Diego Carlos, Suarez up front, maybe a, another. Attacking kind of midfielder, maybe I don't know a left back, backup goalkeeper. There's still potentially options um, that that need filling out. Um, I put a link, by the way, to Pat's article. He's kind of low down on on um, Carlos, which is a, a very good piece from him. And like I said, he's seen him more than I have. The one thing that I think a lot of people will probably do if they if they're like me is have a quick Wikipedia search. And Wikipedia is obviously we all know the, the fountain of knowledge. Yeah. There's just one piece in there that just made me laugh. I'm going to read it out. Well. From Sevilla, Diego Carlos was part of the club's successful 2019-20 UEFA Europa League campaign. In the run-up to the final, he conceded penalties in both the Sevilla's quarter-final and semi-final matches against Wolves and Man United, respectively, and then also gave away a penalty early on in the final itself against Inter Milan. Uh, but he did have a hand in the game-winning goal as his overhead kick was turned into the net by Romelu Lukaku. Just chaos, just based off that paragraph. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, he's got it all. Um, but yeah, like you say, is that brings that aggressiveness we lack, Dan, for me. Yeah. It's just to rub, rub your opponent up the wrong way and that will to win, I guess, and kick the ball out the back of the net. Um, so yeah, he's got a, he's got some some weaknesses, some strengths, but on the whole, you look at the severe reaction. Look at the reaction from Newcastle fans, devastated. He was their number one target in January as well. That fell through. And Villa have swooped, not messing around. Johan Langa, Christian Perslow, and Stephen Gerrard. Huge credit to just to pull this one off. Um, one of the most High-profile centre-backs in Europe, given his what the, the defensive stats last season, um, part of the best defence in Spain with Sevilla. So, yeah, Europa League winner. He's a winner, and that's what Gerard wants. And 
Yeah, I mean... He played a lot of football as well. He's pretty much an ever-present, isn't he, in the last two or three years? He's a 35-game-a-season merchant all day long. Yeah. Um, like I say, he's built like a boxer. And he comes in and just, just raises that profile again. So, um, yeah, a penny for the thoughts of the, the, the Tyra Mings, he's as you can't say, and, and stuff. But Gerard's man on a mission. I, I think we can say that, can't we? Yeah. What, what do you make of the, of the age, just quickly moving away from the profile of kind of young players with resale value? You know, if we get two or three good years out of out of um, Carlos, we're not going to make any profit yeah. on him at, at his age. I also kind of think he's 29. Like, that's not old, especially for a centre-half. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Thiago Silva, but still doing the business for Chelsea at 36, 37. Exactly yeah. I mean, 29 isn't... It's not ancient, is it? Come on. Now you're in your prime, 29. Um, I think he turns 30 in March, next March. So he's in his prime now. And Villa, Villa moving, moving, moving quickly to get him in. And players playing at the peak, and that's what you want to bring in. Players who can slot in straight yeah. away and then get results. Push Villa up the table instantly. They can't afford yeah. to wait around. Let players bed in. Oh, we need, need 10 games to get, get, get up to speed and get used to the, the league and the demands. We want players in now who can go and turn over the big boys and help Villa in yeah. that sense so like you say I think Villa are signing players in the prime I know Kamara's only 22 but he's one of the best European young players in Europe at present according to Gerard as well and, and Pat's raved about him on here before as well so yeah but when Gerard first come in in his interview process he said Christian I want to raise the age, age profile mm-hmm. too many youngish players here no experience I think Cash Watkins that they came from the Championship. They've had a year or two in the Premier League. I want to raise the age profile. Players who have been in Europe. Players who have played at big clubs with big expectation. Because Villa is a big club with big expectation. We've seen that this season, finishing 14th. And all the fans have been disappointed, and rightly so. But now, I think I think the, the shift has changed dramatically. The new cycle, I think, like a new cycle. you got the promotion yeah. lads and the lads who kept the, 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 the Villa in the league. And now it's, it's heading towards that the five-year projects under Nasef and Wes, the fifth year was Europe and these signings now, I know I'm getting carried away a little bit, but huge statements. They <laughs> really are. And cue the, cue the end of season podcast next season when we finish, when we finish 12th, yeah. Um, but oh. listen... Um, well, yeah, we did yeah. we did our end of season show yesterday. I, I worked late last night and early this morning to get that out quickly because, you know, you kind of feel like with Villa doing the Kamal deal so quick, you don't want that to be out of date. I wanted to, you know, get a good run up at that. So that came out this morning. You know, we were recording that yesterday when the the um, the links to Carlos first came out, and you kind of just think, oh yeah, that sounds decent. But you know, we'll kind of look into that as and when we get back to back to work. Twenty four hours later, he's signed, and and we'll be in the shirt soon, hopefully, like Kamara. Um, they didn't announce him with the shirt pictures or anything, did they? I think it was the the later in the day or the next day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just I think I don't know whether Gerald says it specifically about Villa, but he certainly said it about his Rangers days about offering the players no excuses when he talked about you know up in the the training ground and the canteen and everything up in up in Scotland, so the players have got no excuses. Yeah. I kind of feel like that is the, the same attitude here with transfer business done early. You yeah. don't want to be signing someone on deadline day and then they've you know got these excuses of not being settled into the league. They haven't moved over here yet. They don't know the language. You know, Bubakar Kamara and, and Douglas Carlos know that oh, Carlos know that I'm just going to get rid of the first name, Diego, just Carlos. They they know in May, early May, late May, whenever it was that they were first um, approached by Villa, you're moving to England next season. Get yourself ready for it. Get yourself in. You're going to be there on pre-season, day one, no excuses. And that's what I want. A proper, smart, professional club gets their business done early. All this faffing around, all this yellow tie deadline day nonsense. 
get your men, get them in, get them ready and start winning games ASAP because Villa, basically, in my opinion, and we'll get into this in the, the next couple of months when the season starts, I feel like you have to get to Europe next season to match the ambitions of the players that you're signing. So Villa have to hit the ground with no excuses and hopefully that's that's what we see. Yeah, 100%. Um, just really winding back to last summer, it was quite chaotic, wasn't it? We had that long running saga with obviously Grealish. We had the, the James Ward price stuff that dragged on. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe, it was all very just dragged on. And I think that that hit away into the summer and then hence the slow start we had. So getting things in order so, so quickly in May, pre-season starts in July, um, it's incredible really. And like you said, that no, no excuses, not at all. And Gerard's big big word at the moment is have a purpose and be obsessed with being better than your your peers as well. And I just think it raised that raises standards straight away. Uh, mm. So the rest it sends a big message to the rest of the league as well. I know we've said that before with, with, with deals bringing in, but it's it's huge this one. Um, like you say, and, and get Kamara as well. He swapped Champions League football to come to Villa. I think I think it just shows everything about the, the pull Gerard has. Gerard had a big say in the Kamara deal. He would have had a massive say in this one as well. Um, and under the previous regime, it wouldn't have happened. So Villa, Ger- Villa kicking into a, a new gear under Gerard. Long may it continue, and I got a feeling we haven't even touched a service yet in terms of dealing. I can see three or four coming in easily. A lot, a lot of players shipped out. A lot of the, the fringe players are Deadwood moved on, and um, squad shaping is very exciting for me. Dan, three in already, really high caliber players. So. Yeah, incredible work, Villa, and um, the excitement's building. I don't know what the fans are saying in the comments, Dan, but it's just crazy. There's, there's, lo- there's loads of stuff. There's, there's a comment from Brett here. He says, still no chance of Europe. We can't beat any top five teams. That's home and away. That alone's 30 points. Yeah, but if you beat the other the other 14 home and away every game, then you, you will get in there. That's the aim. Beat everybody else. Um, they'll be better next year. They won't They won't do what they did this year. I don't think that they've got to be better. They've got to have standards raised. And, and you can already see that Gerard is doing that. You know, he's... He's, I've said a few times, you know, he's come out and gave these good kind of pithy lines to the press and stuff about, you know, feeling hurt and wanting to be better. But, you know, we're four days post-season and we've signed two players. So he's backing up his words so far and hopefully they do all uh, hit the ground running. But yeah, a lot of people saying things like Champions League next season, Villa are massive, uh, what a start to the, the pre-season, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of positivity, a lot of people watching. Um, but I think that's pretty much it, really, for this kind of quick reaction podcast. Um, if we don't do anything tomorrow, because I'm off, um, Pat might do something. If not, you know, we'll be down in the chat most weeks uh, anyway. So we'll catch up again next week. We'll probably sign another couple of players by the time I'm back on shift on Monday, to be fair. So yeah. plenty to talk about. Ash, thanks for your time for, for jumping on uh, at last, you know, late notice, as always. And okay. thanks to the 700 people that are watching this live for, for tuning in to our thoughts as well. Uh, as I said, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be back next week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.